Blog Talk Radio. Virginia, 
and got the Redskins games as my local feed every Sunday. Uh, LeVar Arrington was also drafted by the Redskins, so it was a a natural transition right. over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that um, was before there was uh, the season ticket pass and all that, so you you watched what was on. So. <laughs> So what was so what was so what was on the tubes in Northeastern Pennsylvania? Wasn't the Browns? Was it? We got um, on the Fox or well, it was uh, on the uh, the NFC channel at the time. We got Giants games, and then we had another NFC channel that gave us Eagles games. So we got Giants and Eagles usually at one o'clock, and then we had um, Jets games at. Four o'clock. I don't really remember if the Steelers were on every weekend or not. Because mm. the reason why I asked it because I'm thinking I'm trying to visualize the geography in my head. Um, you want that if you're in Northeast of Pennsylvania, that means that means that you were not far from Ohio, probably. No, we were we were pretty far from Ohio. We were actually okay. Um, two hours west of Manhattan would be probably the best the best oh. way to think about it. Oh, okay. So we got we got okay. local New York stations as our as our feeds. Oh, okay. I got you. Well, that, well that makes better sense. I, I suppose that makes better sense. So, how about that? You grew, you basically grew up in a predominantly in terms of like regional coverage, New York dominated teams. Yep. Yet you became a Redskins fan. That is the most awesome and funniest. Uh, <laughs> Phantom story I've, I've heard today. <laughs> <laughs> so it had to be noisy if you go up. So one quick question about your Penn State Nittany Lions. I know we had a um, I had a podcast on the Big Ten earlier in the week, actually mm-hmm. this past Sunday. So just give me a very quick analysis, very quick thoughts on Penn State 2014 with one James Franklin. I think. I think Franklin is the perfect coach to have at that school. I, Penn State fans like to have a coach who wants to be there forever, and I think that mm-hmm. he's does want to be there forever. And mm-hmm. I think realistically it could be a little bit of a rough year. I'm thinking eight and four type of a type of a season is is a, a realistic goal. Um, right. You know, with the with the recruiting sanctions. Depth is going to be an issue. It was an issue last year, and it just it, we got one one or two more years to go where that's going to be going to be a factor. If everybody stays healthy, I think they have as much starting talent as almost anybody. But um, right. you know, football is a violent game. There's going to be injuries, and after they get through that first layer, especially on defense, it's going to be a little bit thin and very very young. So one last thing, one last question about that. I know a lot is a quick analysis, but um, how like the sanctions go on for what another year or two, or is this the last year of the sanctions? Scholarship sanctions. Um, no bowl game this year. No bowl game next year. Um, okay, as far so as the uh, the recruiting year. limits, I think. Well, it got adjusted again last year, so I, I think that there there will still be some restrictions this year and some next year, but not as drastic as originally was planned, but. It takes a while for all that to catch up because this incoming freshman class is smaller than other people. So four years from now, the senior class will be the small class that was actually, you know, restricted by the by the recruiting. You don't notice it those mm. first couple of years because those kids weren't really going to play anyway as freshmen and sophomores. Right. I got you. Well, I love your quarterback, Hackenberg. So, yeah. uh, and, and a Virginia I think boy, that actually. Combination- Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, he was, the, he was the guy who didn't run away when the uh, Texas came down. So I think that between Hackenberg and Franklin, I think you guys are in good hands. I think I think the, the, bright, the future is out of breath at Penn State. So, how, do you, how do you feel about that, your Wolfpack, though, while we're on the topic? Oh, you know what? If we win two conference games, I do a rain dance. I do a rain dance for joy. You know, what I mean, after O and A in the conference, winless conference season. Yeah, you that, know, that was hell, that was rough and, and unexpected. <laughs> unexpected. Uh, no, unexpected. So, I, mean, I, I was not expecting that that much of a drop off. 
We we were worse than Wake Forest. Let's put it that way. That's how bad we were. We were worse than Wake <laughs> freaking Forest. And we were worse than Wake Forest in conference yeah. play. Yeah. You need to review. That's all I'd say about the Wolf Pack. So, hey, if, if like I said, we win two conference games, I'll do a rain dance of joy. I'm not expecting more than two conference games, to be honest with you. So, who the hell knows? So, if we're going from one to um, depressing topic to potentially another for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, given how the Redskins finished last year and the controversy surrounding, you know what, the team nickname. So yeah. it's the big, fat-ass pink elf in the room. So I'm just going to get out the way right now. How do you, as a lifelong Redskins fan, feel about the nickname? Should they change the name? Basically, should they change the nickname in your opinion? Well, I wrote about this probably a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, okay. As far as – there's kind of two parts to the question. Right. One is, should they be forced to change the nickname? And my answer to that would be, no, they're private property, and if they want to have that nickname, they do have the right to do that. Uh-huh. I think from a public relations standpoint, they might as well go ahead and change it. Mm. And – I'm I'm not an economics major, so I, I could be way off here, but my, my theory all along has been that, you know, just purely from a greed standpoint, there's money to be made in changing the nickname. If you if you change the nickname, new merchandise has to be purchased by all your fans. Right. And that there's and, and your fans are not gonna stop rooting for the team because they have a new nickname. I mean I I just cannot envision any actual Washington fans being so angered that they gave in to, you know, societal pressures that they now are going to root for what, the, the Cowboys? I mean, I don't, I don't understand how that logic even works. But, yeah, <laughs> right, right. I, I think they should. I think they should from a business standpoint. And I think there's no reason, e- even if you don't believe that the nickname is offensive, what's the upside? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. kind of my point. Yeah. And here's, here's why I come out on that. I mean, I've long mm-hmm. said, maybe it's because I'm a minority dude too, but I've long said that um, I think the Redskins name, even though I kind of hinted, I kind of kind of picked up on it years ago, but never really, to be honest, we really, really care a whole hell of a lot because they're not the team I pulled for. But I think that it is offensive. I think that um, – it's one of those things that you wonder how, and to your point, you're a lawyer. You said that it's private property. They could do whatever the hell they want with it. It's just that I think, I, I just think, I think from time to time, how were they able to get away with it for so long? You know, if you, if, you, know, if you go back to the history of the team, you know, it's, and call it coincidence or not, but, you know, with George, uh, well, I'm sorry, with Preston Marshall, I think this name, Preston Marshall, Mm-hmm. The original yeah. owner of the team was the worst, was the last guy to hire a a, a minority player, and I don't know if this is a, um, uh, I don't know if this is a, a urban legend or whatever, but I think I think from what I said I saw was that the he he, he actually took the name of the Redskins, the inspiration from a coach who either he thought was Native American or wanted to capitalize on that popularity of him having possibly having a Native American coach. I forgot the I think it was Lone Star Diaz. I I, I actually forgot the coach's name, but anyone else. Yeah, there I, I don't know but, either. I, and well I don't think know, there's any disputing that that is a a racial slur. It's not I, I don't mm-hmm. think that the Braves is. I don't think that the Florida State Seminoles is a racial is a racial I slur. I don't think you know, the Indians the Cleveland Indians mascot might be one thing, but I don't even think the name Cleveland Indians is a slur. But there's no debating that the term Redskins is a racial slur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I don't yeah. think that I don't think people who still root for the Redskins like myself are necessarily endorsing racism or even thinking about it one way or another when well, they're sure rooting for the team. But but yeah, I, I I think they should go ahead and change it. I think it would be good PR. I think it would make money, and I think. It would be the first thing Dan Snyder did that made uh, made anybody actually happy. 
<laughs> funny. Yeah, that's a, and I'll get to him in a minute. I'll get to his little ass in a minute. Uh, <laughs> trust me on that. But you mentioned that that, and I and I agree with the standpoint that I do not think that Redskins fans will go turn away in a huff if they change the nick if they do decide to change the nickname uh, because the fans here are just too damn loyal. Yeah. And the rest is you have a big following. So I don't think in here in the nation's capital and the surrounding areas in the DMV that they're going to up, up and turn away from I do not believe that for a second, and it, won't, and it wouldn't happen. So here's what the Wayne Nash and I, we we're, were talking about this a while back. I think, and this ain't perfect, but here's, I think, here's, here's a name where I think that they, like for one thing, it would still stick with the Native America theme, and it wouldn't have to change the colors. Probably wouldn't have to change the damn logo. Mm-hmm. I always thought that they just they, they should be that the Washington Warriors, the Warriors, hundred uh, percent agree. Perfect, the perfect replacement for wrestling. I, yeah, they I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, the interesting part of that though thing. is. But the but the U.S. Patent Office declared that logo to be inherently offensive and won't allow it to be trademarked. Oh. So, I, you know, oh, wow. I, and I don't feel I've never thought that the logo was was an offensive logo. I thought it was very similar to the Seminole or the Braves logo. Or, but but yeah, but I I think Washington Warriors. Plus, I think it sounds good. I like I like everything about mm-hmm. that nickname. It's like the perfect alliteration, uh, you know. Yeah. And and and, and even. And even if the uh, patent office would come down on them on the on the current logo, change the Florida State's logo. Hell, they used to have the spear. Well, they yeah, that's true. The, the alternate helmet. helmets have that same have that spear uh, on the helmets. Yeah, yeah. So why not? I mean, it's like sometimes, you know, some things, in my opinion, that makes too much sense often does not get done because it makes too much sense. If, if that makes any sense. <laughs> no, that, that, that definitely <laughs> makes sense. But that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, that's why I think if they want to stick with the Native American thing, which I wouldn't have a problem with, right, because, you know, not only am I a lifelong fan of Florida State football, my great-grandma was, it was Seminole. So, oh, okay. I, so basically, I never had a problem with the Seminole's nickname. never had a problem with the Braves. I think the Chiefs is a tight name. I mean, hell, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a, it's honoring the Chiefs. It's not offensive. But I, but if they want to get away, if the Redskins want to stick with the Native American thing while being so offensive, both Warriors. No one will argue with Warriors. I guarantee you, no one will argue with Warriors. Yeah, I, I love that idea. Yeah, just don't name it the Americans. That's <laughs> 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 if, if, if they name it the Americans, the Houston Texans would think that that's a corny nickname. So uh, <laughs> hopefully they wouldn't go that route. But to me personally. I think that, uh, and I won't stay on this subject for long, I promise, but I, I think, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. I, I don't think it, I agree. I don't, I don't think, think it'll change in my lifetime. I don't think it'll change in my lifetime. I don't think it'll change as long as Dan Snyder owns the team. Right. If your lifetime lasts longer than anything. his, you might see that change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if, that's a big if, but I don't, I mean, he's been around for so long for one thing, and secondly, Dan Snyder has dug in. And from what I understand, it's there Virginia, hooking them up, you know, being that they have the training camp, moved the Richmond from Ashland, mind you, but mm-hmm. all the offices, everything is in Virginia. Virginia's protecting the hell out of the Redskins, which is their prerogative. But Dan Snyder doesn't have a reason to change. And he's too stubborn to change on top of that. So I don't see it happening. I don't, I don't, see, I don't see it happening in my lifetime, if ever. I don't see it happening. But, uh, but anyway, um, moving on from that, <laughs> from that drawn out topic. So, speaking of one, Daniel Snyder, I call him Danny Boy because I think that his Napoleonism has ruined the team uh, <laughs> ever since he, he's owned it. Um, would Dan Snyder ever get it? I mean, why? I mean, it seems like that. The franchise has been in a tailspin of sorts ever since he's, ever since he's owned the team. And it was so bad that even when he brought that Joe Gibbs, Joe Gibbs would have so much success. And that man could walk on water for most Redskins fans, the football fans it, in yeah. general. 
So is there is there like a black cloud that hovers over Dan Snyder whatever he touches turns to poop? I mean, what's going on with this guy? Well, well, I, I do have to just say one thing. Two years ago, I mean, last year was abysmal, but two years ago it was a very good team. So mm. there's, there is reason for optimism. But you know, I was thinking about Dan Snyder on the, when I was driving home from work today, and uh, you know, I, I guess owning a professional sports team has got to be like owning the coolest toy ever. And I know when I'm playing video games, I cannot resist meddling with the roster just because I can. Mm-hmm. And I got to think it's similar for some of these guys that own teams. I mean, he's not the only one. I think I think Jerry Jones, although he had a lot of early success, I think a lot of the Cowboys' problems are also kind of rooted in that same thing, that he wants mm-hmm. to play with it like he's doing Madden on franchise mode, but he really doesn't know that much more than we do as far as putting together a team. You've got to let the professionals right. actually do that. Right, right. And but I would say this about Danny Boy: at least he has George Allen's boy running the team. Now, mm-hmm. whether he will let Bruce Allen do his thing, that's another story. It, it seems like you know he allowed. And, and 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 you know, I'm an aesthetic-minded guy when it comes to uniforms and shit like that. So mm-hmm. the, the way that Bruce Allen like got those bought those those yellow pants back from the '70s. I like that a lot because he's speaking to his dad's roots as when he coached the team during the heyday. Well, the beginning of the Redskins' heyday, I should say, that led into the 80s with Joe Gibbs. But and he's also let him run the draft and things like that that Danny Boy would never let any Redskins official do in the past. It was his way or the highway. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree with I that. I just think, yeah, I mean, it, it just, it just I, I like the fact that at least he did what, Jerry Jones should have done a long ass time ago, and that's yeah. hire a football guy to run his team and, yeah. and empower him to do it. Now, at least I like that about. I like I like what Danny Boy did there with Bruce Allen. I just I just wish he just stayed the hell out of the whole fray. Quit putting his foot in his mouth when it comes to the logo, the nickname, or anything else related to. Yeah, the he team. doesn't need to comment. It, he could just be silent, and nobody <laughs> has to know what he's doing. <laughs> Right, right, right. I just think that he's one of those guys, Dan Snyder, who has, you know, I mean, he made his fortune by not being stupid. Sure, He's obviously absolutely. a bright guy. He's obviously a very bright guy. I just think that he's one of the smartest guy in the room type who thinks, who's, who's so smart that he thinks that he doesn't think that he's, he's infallible. Whereas, yeah. like, you know, I told, I, told my, I told my boy last night, Eddie, that sometimes to be this, well, 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 actually not Eddie, but uh, I think Andre, was that, as my days are telling me, if you're the smartest guy in a, in a particular room, and if you're the smartest guy in the room, you need to get the hell out of the room to another room <laughs> to surround yourselves with equal intelligence, if not more, to learn from, to be a sponge, because you can't grow from being the smartest guy in the room for the minion. You That's can't grow. That is a good point. You know, you, 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 you're good to be smart, but not too damn smart. Because when you're too damn smart, that's when stupid things come in. So, well, you can be I smart and that, still be humble, and I think that's kind of his problem. Right, exactly. That's very well put. That's very, very well put. I like that a lot. So, Even if you are the smart, again, I mean, sometimes you will actually be the smartest guy in the room, but that doesn't mean you have to tell everybody that the whole time you're in it. Right. Otherwise, so, yeah, I, even those minions would get the healthy room. <laughs> I really think that if you took a poll, like maybe not of all Virginians, but if you just took a poll, like at happy hours on Fridays, Dan Snyder would be the most hated man in the Commonwealth. I I hear his name come up that. every single Friday, in wishing some terrible fate to befall him, so that that team ends up in somebody <laughs> else's hands. I mean, every Friday. Damn. Oh God, damn. You know, yeah. I mean, you know once what? in a while, you know, we'll play the game. If if you could have, if you could disappear three people and have no consequences, never fail. <laughs> Somebody puts him on that list. Oh my God! You know what? That 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 does messed up, but funny at the same time because you know if you look at owners on the league like Mike Brown in Cincinnati, I used to mm-hmm. live in Cincinnati for four years. He's still the most hated man in town, even though this team is doing well. 
It's, just, it's yeah. like the winning the spouse is, is his presence instead of because of his presence. And the same could be said for Jerry Jones and Dallas. I yeah, mean, there are not so. a lot of Cowboys fans who are still in them. Not a lot of Cowboys fans still in that fool at all. And, you know, yeah, I, I could totally see that about Dan, Dan Snyder. I mean, I, I, you know what? I was fear for his safety. If he goes to different parts of the DMV without a bodyguard, I would fear for his safety because, you know, you know some disgruntled fans will be packing something for him, packing a oh, wall yeah. just ready for him. You know I, they I are. I totally agree. And I feel them, too. So, speaking of Dan Snyder, I mean, you know, the way Dan Snyder runs his business and the way he treats Robert Griffith III, the way he calls him, you know, it, that, that was just a whole clusterfuck from last season. And as far as RG3 goes, do you envision a bounce-back season under the new coach, Jay Gruden, or do you think that he's going to be more the same and that his lack of humility or perceived lack of humility is going to bring him down even further? I think it's going to be a bounce-back season for two reasons. One, I think we all got spoiled by how fast Adrian Peterson came back from that injury, and that's just not realistic, and that's not how it's been. No, it's not. He's so I think this is his first actually healthy full year. Okay. And I think that Jay Gruden is the perfect guy to have uh, leading him because, I mean, frankly – the Bengals have made the playoffs year after year after year with Andy Dalton under center. So he obviously can right. figure out what to do with a quarterback. I don't think anybody doubts that Robert Griffin has more physical tools than Andy Dalton. And he doesn't have quite the mm. same weapons, certainly, as what the Bengals have. But but they have a good cast of receivers right now, and Alfred Morris is certainly above average running back. So, yeah, I think I, I think that he can have a, a good bounce back year. And, you know, and I think the whole thing about his lack of humility – it starts to get to be just an easy story because, you know, you say one or two things, and I think back when I was 23 years old, if everything I said was recorded, you could make me look a lot different than the person I really was. Mm. And I think, I think that's probably a lot of what's going on with him because, you know, everything else that you know about his private life and the way he conducts himself is very different than this image that, that Skip Bayless and those guys put on ESPN every morning. Oh, that clown show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so do you think it's more perception about RG3, about him, about his perceived aloofness, a lack of uh, humility, or is it just part of just being a kid in the NFL, having to, having to go through his brand and through his fame to try to get to where he needs to be I think it's part of the growing process. Yeah. I think I think I don't think Pretty there's going to be any kind of lasting issue with him with that. And also, nobody said that when they were winning. That was That's only true. some no story that happened last winning. year. So, and I don't, right. I do not believe that that guy who played four, you know, well, I guess it wasn't four years in college, but played several years in college and had one successful year in the NFL, who by all accounts was beloved by his teammates all of a sudden became a different guy after tearing his ACL, you know, in terms of personality. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel you on that. So, speaking of Jay Gruden, do you think he's the right coach to take this team to at least a brink of the promised land? Um, <laughs> because after, yeah, because after two years of Mike Shanahan, the last two seasons, um, well, actually, I shouldn't say the last two seasons. I think last season that came after a playoff year, which yeah. everything went to hell last season. I, I think that a uh, change needed to be made, and rightfully so. But do you think Jay Groom would be the man to help bring RG3 back? I think I am not too proud to admit that it's a it's – a, tremendous guessing game as to what coordinators will end up being good head coaches. Sure. So I, I think he's uh, – there's nothing about him that makes me concerned. Or, and, and when I heard that they had hired him, I was pleased with that hire. But, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen guys that we thought would be great head coaches, like Romeo Cornell, turn out to be terrible. And then other guys that you really never heard of turn into, you know, fabulous head coaches. So – 
I think I think he has a good enough offensive mind that he'll use um, RG3 to the best of his capabilities. I, I think I hope that he doesn't throw away everything Kyle Shanahan had done in that office, offense because I think there was there were some creative things in that first year that that worked well. Um, not stuff that the mm. Bengals had typically run, but I, but you know you can't you can't run that same offense with with Andy Dalton. So yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. I don't I don't have any reservations about him. Mm. I think at the very mm. least it'll be you know, fun to hear. Uh, what? Oh no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I said I, I think at the very least it'll be fun to hear. It'll be fun to hear John Gruden announce the the Monday night games when they finally get on there. Oh my god. Oh my God! You, can you imagine him just gushing all over his brother, or, or, all over his kid brother? I mean, J- J- I know that's like, gonna be like great. John, I mean, John Gruden. He, there's, there's no one he doesn't like. First of all, if you listen to any of those Monday Night games he called, they called in the past. He loves every player. I swear he to does. God, it's like I really. He's like I love that guy. I really love. Him. He's a football player. I mean, he would. He loves everyone. So he could imagine his kid brother on Monday night in the Monday night game. Would he even make it to the broadcast? <laughs> I think I think early October they've got the Seahawks on Monday night, so that that'll be the, the oh, day geez. to circle there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it could wild. be an ugly oh, night geez. for for his brother, but but yeah, I'm, oh, I'm looking forward God. to that. Oh man, can you imagine? He would have a <laughs> I can't I, I can't believe I'm saying, but he's so about his own brother. But I hope he doesn't have a wank a hard wanker. <laughs> when it's on the possible they'll call the game. You know, I think that'd be a little bit embarrassing. Yeah, that'd so, be over the top. Uh, yeah, well, you know. Well, John Gruden, he has that over-the-top personality, so you never know. But as far as uh, your take on how RG3 will bounce back this year, I think as long as Jay Gruden utilizes Alfred Morris mm-hmm. until his legs fall off, I think they'll be fine. I think that Jay Gruden, what he did in Cincinnati, making Andy Dalton a, a, a good, decent quarterback, and actually got to help get him his payday, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. I think that bodes well for RG3. As, as long as RG3 is willing to be coached by Jay Gruden, I think that uh, I, I think he's got the limits for his offense. I mean, you have uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson, which was huge. Huge. It was huge. I mean, you never – you, you, you know, what? as soon as he got cut from the Eagles, I'm like, something told me he was going to be a Redskin. Something told me he was one that he was going to get back at the Eagles the best way he knew how. And, and, I mean, what better way to land with a division rival, a better one at that in Washington. Yeah, that's, that's going to be an exciting addition. Yes. And I think that that, that addition will help the Redskins interesting on offense. I think that uh, I think he's going to have a huge chip on his shoulder. I think he's got a lot to prove. And I think he's going to show it on the field. No one can cover that guy. No one can sure. cover uh, Jackson. And to have him flanked with, paired with uh, Pierre Garçon when he's healthy, that's yeah. a limit for this offense. And really Jordan Reed that. at tight end is also a, a good weapon. So I, there's plenty of weapons right. to throw to on that team. Right. That's right. So um, you know, injuries are the ultimate equalizer, but I think as long as Moore stays healthy, he kept the running, kept the running game, keep the you know keep keep, keep the pressure off of RG three. I think y'all be fine. I, I really do. I love that addition by by Jackson. I was like, if they let Jackson out of town on a contract, they'd be beyond stupid. But thankfully, you both like for you guys, you did the right thing and signed him. I think your defense will be a lot healthier this year. You get back Kerrigan. Mm-hmm. You think you get back Arapo. And uh, what I understand from listening to from people from partners from Stephen A. to other NFL analysts and, and experts, uh, not to say that Stephen A. Smith is an NFL expert, but at, but at any rate, um, you know, that Shanahan held back uh, the supporter Jim Haskell from being too aggressive. Mm-hmm. And um, and I and there's more than one person said that about that. And now Haskell's getting a chance to unleash his aggressiveness. I mean, Haskell is a damn good defensive coach. I mean, not a lot of people yeah. tend to forget that. And he made his he made his bonuses to play on defense for the Bills. 
among te- among many teams he plays for. And I think that with um, with Brian Clark in the secondary, to me, for leadership purposes, that's going to be huge for leadership purposes. I mean, he's he, he, he's yeah. long in the tooth, but he's he's a very smart player. And I miss him in Pittsburgh already. Yeah, I was going to um, say, you know, and, you know what, what he brings. Yeah, he's smart. He's very smart. He's, he's, he, I mean, but that's lack of speed that, you know, Father Time is in the field in the field and untied. He's a smart-ass player, and he'll get those young cats in position, even the veterans mm-hmm. in, in position in the secondary. That should help D'Angelo Hall. I think he transitions to a safety now. I could be wrong. I think he's still a corner. Is he still a corner? Yeah, he's still a corner. Okay, but yeah. he's, your, he's your best corner. <laughs> well, I know. He's your best corner. <laughs> I, I agree. Corner, that, that, but... that, that, doesn't, that does not fill me with optimism, but yeah. <laughs> I hear you. But I'll be honest, I, I really just don't like him basically as a person. So that every time he makes a mistake on the field, I'm just like, well, what do you expect out of that guy? He's a tech grad. <laughs> do I have to text some collegiate bitter, bitter? I mean, but hey, you went to Penn Well, well no, you well, didn't go to Penn State. I'm you, just, in Central Virginia, let's just say Virginia Tech fans are, are a little – they're more full of themselves than other similarly situated fan bases. They they don't seem to oh. understand they they aren't actually they don't actually have the history and tradition of Texas or Michigan or really right. anywhere else. And yet they behave as though they are the most important college football program in the history of college football. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little tough to tolerate. Oh god. They can't be no worse than Carolina fan, though. They can't be well, worse than Carolina fan. <laughs> no, no, maybe they can't not. Be worse I don't than live, in, fans. I don't the live down there, the so I don't have to deal with that. Good. Well, good for you because I growing up in North Carolina, they're the worst of the worst. I live in Ohio. Ohio State fan is bad, but not near as bad as bad as Carolina fan. I can guarantee you that. So if Vitek fan is about as bad as Carolina fan, God bless you. You're in my prayers, officially. <laughs> well, I, know, I appreciate but I, it. I, I, but I, I, just, I, I just, I can't imagine any fan base being as obnoxious as the Tar Heel fan base, to be honest. Yeah, pro- probably but. not. <laughs> That's not even on there. But I, but I did um, uh, spend a, a few years in Ohio myself, and I would say that the Virginia Tech fans are very similar to the Ohio State fans, except without any mm-hmm. real reason to be that arrogant about it. At least Ohio State has a history and tradition of good football and to to fall back on and all that. Yeah. Yeah, the broad text, like, got to come lately compared to O-State and Texas and all those schools. uh, Yeah, they think football started getting played in 1985. Right. (laughs) Oh, God, you got to love that. But, uh, (laughs) well... Well, I know that's an uncomfortable topic for you, so let's just get the hell away from my yeah, all right, good, good. Lord Gaskins on me. Uh, <laughs> so basically, with all, and I got the Redskins schedule in front of me right now, mm-hmm. with all the changes that were made on both sides of the ball, with guys getting healthy, like I said, on defense, especially, or Arapo being healthy, Kerrigan being healthy, uh, defensive coordinator John, uh, Jim Hasler getting the green light to, to unleash the fury, if you will. Uh, and of course, the first of the, the additional offense, namely one, Deshaun Jackson. I think, and we're going to do our preview two weeks from now, mm-hmm. but I think I have watched an up there with Philadelphia in the NFC East. Right? I now. have the same thing. I, I have them both right around 500. I don't think, I, I'm not sure any team in that division wins 10 games. Hmm. But I, mm. I do think I think Washington at nine and seven can win that division. You know what? Nine wins may get it done because I'm I'm looking at your schedule right now. Mm-hmm. Go to Houston. You can move walk away to a win with that one. And Jacksonville at home, yeah, that's a W. Then the mm-hmm. first thing and I wish this game I wish week three in Philadelphia was, was prime time. I wish it was a prime time game. Because that's the Sean Jackson's return to Philly. You yeah, know, it's going to be special. Yeah, they'll be waiting for him 
I mean, he left in the huff, man. I mean, it, it, it wasn't pretty. Then you get the Giants at home, the Seahawks at home, and the men in that game where John Gruden is probably going to have a huge boner talking about his brother. And then the <laughs> following week, they're going to be in Arizona. They host Tennessee. That's a win. They Tennessee blows. They're at yeah. Dallas for, seven, for Monday Night Football, which which I think the, the, the team who scores less than 40 points will lose. <laughs> because Dallas can't stop anybody. Then you no, had a I team agree. that not only – yeah, I mean, then the following week you had a team in Minnesota that not only sucks, but they also, they also swallow. I said that two weeks ago. <laughs> I said that two, uh, two nights ago. Minnesota sucks. They're terrible. Then you get the bye Yeah, they're going to be bad. Yeah, then the bye week, and then you're probably going to get another – even though, you know, I can't pick on Tampa Bay too much this year because I like – uh, yeah, I think, I think they're a good coach. team. But that's at I home. Be so. That'd be a lot better. Yeah, and you guys get them at home to your point, so that, that should be a win. Then here comes the brutal part of the schedule. Yes. You're at San Francisco. Yeah, that's a lot. That's brutal. Then you're at Indianapolis. Even though I think Indianapolis is a tad bit overrated, I think that they're pretty good. But, but you're at Indianapolis, so that's a hard place to play. Yeah. Then you host St. Louis. Now, St. Louis may not – their offense may be offensive, but their defense is among the best defenses in the league. Those yeah, that, guys, that should be an interesting oh, game. Yes. That's front seven, man, for St. Louis. You can't sleep on those boys. I mean, St. Louis Mm-mm. is tough. It's too bad they're in the, in the NFC West. Yeah, if, if but, they were in the NFC South or if they were in the NFC East, I think they would have a pretty decent chance of games. going to the playoffs. Which <laughs> in games, yeah. They're that good. Um, you at the Giants, that should be interesting. Followed by getting the Eagles at home, and, and of Dallas course they're going to have y'all play Dallas. Of course they have to play Dallas the last week of the season. I think home. if they win three of those last four games, that'll that'll be good enough to win that division. Yeah, so I'm thinking I'm 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 with you. Eyeballing the schedule at a glance, mm-hmm. I see nine wins coming out there. I I see nine wins. Um, I, I I think that that might be. I mean, the NFC East is so gotten so weak over the years. I mean, that used to be the premier division, man. Way yeah. back when, not the longer actually. That used it to wasn't be that the, long ago. It was about three Tottenham. years ago that you got three teams in. Yeah, they they were they were, they were the strongest division for years, and I don't know what happened. I don't know when the wheels start falling off, but it's. It's, it's, it's what Charles Barkley says. It's almost terrible. <laughs> that nine wins were in the winning the division. I think, like I said, it'll come down between you guys and Philly for the division. Yep. I don't see the Giants making any noise, and I think Dallas is going to be a disaster. So, yeah, I think Dallas is going to be a disaster. Yeah. Which is to your liking, I, I could imagine. <laughs> yeah. I, it never hurts my feelings when Dallas is terrible. <laughs> right. Dallas will be able to so, score a lot of points, though. But I don't think they're yeah, going to yeah, be able to score. tackle anyone. Yeah, I mean, hell, they they got the, the, the offensive juggernaut. They just let's put it this way: I could round up ten guys from Southeast DC and score thirty-five of those caps. That's how <laughs> bad Dallas' defense is. I think you're right. That's how bad Dallas' defense is. And I'll be a quarterback. I'm forty years old. You can't throw with a damn. And I'll roll up 300 yards in that defense. That's how bad that's defense. But anyway, anyway, enough about the cowboy. Enough about the cow gal. Um, so basically, um, I think I really think you guys have a big season in terms of a turnaround for last season. I think RG3 is going to do his thing on the field, and. As long as Danny Boy Snyder stays the fuck out the way and let John Jay Gruden do his job, let Bruce Huggerton do his job in the front office, I think you guys are on the uptick. I really do. I agree. You know, I I really do. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, um, anything else you want to race upon, Redskins fans, clinging for hope this year? as to put a bad 2013 season behind them? Yeah, we'll just forget about that and move on. That's that's the beautiful thing about sports. Every year is a new year. Yeah. So we'll see about that. So, so, one, so one last question. I know you're in Lynchburg. Are you 
Do you typically go to Redskins games? And if so, are you going to plan on hitting some this year in, in Landover? I don't typically go up to the games. I mean, those tickets aren't easy to come by. And let's be honest, right. I know this is a terrible thing to say, it's expensive and I have really nice TVs at my house. So <laughs> I don't have a lot of desire to go all the way up there and fight traffic when, oh. you know, I could, I could be here at the house watching other games that day after the Redskins are over and, yeah, well, and the tickets are hard to come by. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's funny. I went to a Redskins game uh, two years ago when they were like when they played the Ravens, mm-hmm. and oh. um, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? My stupid ass did. What? I left. I left like maybe a few minutes left in the fourth quarter before the Redskins made that comeback. Like I left. <laughs> Surely after <laughs> RG3 got hurt. So I figured, and, well, and at the time, Baltimore was winning. So I think, oh, this shit is over. So I tried to take, get a head start on the way back to the Metro. And I'm barely out of the stadium, walking down the street towards, uh, I think it's new, uh, where, I think it, was, was a, it wasn't a car to them, it was some, it's the other stop on the, on, on, on the orange line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard a roar coming from the stadium. I'm thinking to myself, oh, hell no, something couldn't have happened. And so I checked out, I took out my, looked at my cell phone, set the score. I called my boy who was still in the game, and I could hardly hear him because he was screaming his ass off. He's a big skin fan. And that's when I found out that Washington got the turnover off the special teams play. They scored a touchdown, and, 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 and Kirk Cousins, like, Converted a two-point conversion to tie the game, mm-hmm. in overtime, and the rest is history. Washington came out to win in overtime. Um, and I'll say this: I think uh, I think the Redskins lost a lot of home field advantage when they left RFK Stadium. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I think that RFK is so intimate, you know, because the fans were right on the action. The stands and the lower end on the lower the lower section of the, of, the, of the stadium, the stands actually could move. You're asking, you could jump up and down. You used to watch it on TV as a kid. You could jump up and down on the lower level. Of the, of the, if you're near the field especially, you could make those stands move. If you Just like in college them. and high school games. Yeah. I mean, it, it was RFK was just, I understand why they had to move, but RFK Stadium that was a huge home field advantage that the Redskins lost and they moved all the way the hell out to Landover in a huge 90,000-plus seat stadium yeah. in the middle of Landover. And I think, and, you know, because there, there were a lot of Ravens fans there. You would think it, uh, it was almost like it was like, like a Ravens home game. And I never thought I'd see the day where you have so many fans from the opposing team just take over the stadium. I mean, uh, take, take over Washington's as the home stadium of the Washington Redskins. I never could thought that. I never thought that would happen. That probably never did happen when they were at RFK, for sure. But, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, sometimes people with teams that move to bigger stadiums, they kind of lose the edge and everything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's just something else. But, speaking of Kirk Cousins, I meant to ask you this earlier. Yeah. Do you think that Kirk Cousins is – I know that Kirk Cousins was capable, like because he helped win a couple of games for RG2 was hurt two years ago. But do you think that they, that the Redskins should use him as trade bait, like next year when they need picks, because they're still trying to get some picks back from the from the ones that they used to trade up to get RG3 in the first place. I think it's very helpful to have two quarterbacks that can play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the first guy goes down, you don't want to be left with nothing in the, in reserve. So, I I mean, I guess it all comes down to what the price is. I mean, certainly if somebody makes them an offer they can't refuse, you gotta you got to give them up. But I, I think he's an asset to this team right where he is as opposed to, I don't know, what would you get for him on the trade? A second-round pick maybe? So then you get another Kirk Cousins but might not be as good as Kirk Cousins. You know what I mean? He's a known quantity, right. and I think he's a useful quantity. I, I wouldn't, I would not be anxious to see him, see him leave. Right, 
I, and I hear you on that. I hear. I totally hear you on that. So, so we'll see. Um, but yeah. So there you go. So that was fun, right? Yeah, uh, very fun. I think you both. Yeah, <laughs> and I think you guys. I think you have high hopes. I, you're not the only Redskins fan that has high hopes for your team, and um, we'll see. But I think your team is in good hands, and um, wish wish you the best of luck uh, this season. And um, thanks again for joining me on the podcast. It was fun. And yeah, thank you very much for having me. Oh no worries, and and looking forward to having you possibly for our uh, roundtable NFL preview in two weeks. All right, keep me posted. You got it. Take care. Thanks. Bye. That was Rebecca Wetzel from and check out on Sports Banshee on the on Banshee Sports. Uh, you should be able to find her on on Twitter and and, and on Facebook as well. Um, so that was fun, but. Redskins fans, don't fear. I think your boys will be back this year. Again, I like the addition of Deshaun Jackson. I think that'll put him over the top offensively. And as long as Jake Gruden continues to feed the rock to Alfred Morris, that'll take the pressure off of RG3. I think RG3 has a lot to prove, even though he has rabbit ears. This is the haters all the time. I think he's going to package all that anger and really set the league on, not the league, but really set the division on fire next year. Again, I think NFC, the NFC East is Phillies and Washington to lose right now. But I think a healthier healthy defense and a motivated Deshaun Jackson offense will put the red, help put the Redskins over the top. So I love what's happening with the Redskins. Like I said, Dan's not a stay the fuck out the way, and your team will be okay. So, anyway, coming up Monday, we'll continue the Superfan series. We'll talk to my main man, Cedric Hall, about the 49ers. So, just, just stay tuned for that. Dan, this is Scott Burks. Thank you for tuning in to the Clown Hour 06 night. <laughs>